We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're re-watching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time, overanalyzing what you've seen and spoiling what you haven't. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of The Visitor on November 21st, 1980. It was written by Luciano Comici and Robert Mundi from a story by Julio Paradisi, credited as Michael J. Paradise, and Ovidio G. Asinitis, directed by Paradisi, credited as Michael J. Paradise, and released by American International Pictures. This will be our last American International Picture. Well, they went out with a bang. They sure did, though we might hit some in our late 70s Patreon reviews. Uh, This is all of the making of notes I have for this film. Mae West died the day after this film was released, so she might have seen it. I doubt she spent her final hours. I with hope this film. she did. Maybe this movie killed her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's that? She's pretty. <laughs> She's dead, Frank. We open this gorgeous Blu-ray transfer with the Draft House Films logo, which is already a good sign. A title reads: "The producer wishes to gratefully acknowledge, spelled without the C, acknowledge A K N O W." Yeah. Uh, Mr. George Busby, governor of the state of Georgia, and Mr. Maynard Jackson, mayor of the city of Atlanta, for their helpful assistance, without which this film could never have been made. The picture opens on the sun rising over a desert, a silhouette figure in the foreground. It's an older man, Phobia director John Huston, and suddenly another figure appears on the horizon in a cloak. And I'm crazy. This is supposed to be like... A foreign planet. Or yes, something. I believe so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not just a, a Earth desert. Like it's got some funky coloring thing happening. Yes. It's supposed to be correct space or something. Because the a dust storm starts to blow in from uh, what on Earth we would call the North, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is here. Um, but it's it looks like oil in water. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like a real dust storm. And a flock of birds gets scared and right. flies away. These people seem to be glowing different colors, and the storm looks like snow now. The man looks Obi-Wan-ish, and suddenly the second figure's cloak is blown open enough to reveal the body of a young girl in a skirt, but her face is still obscured by the hood. Then the hood flies off, and her face looks frozen, and she's just being blasted in the face with snow. And it looks like she's wearing like these, these dim contact lenses, but that are really thick so that her eyes can get hit with snow, but she doesn't blink. Yeah, I, I can't really tell what it is if it's because they're using so many weird optical effects mm-hmm. yeah. with the lighting. And, and so it's... But her eyes look weird throughout the movie. And well, I feel like... I, yeah, I don't know if these are the same contact lens, but definitely later in the movie that she's wearing something that has an element of reflection in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that... It makes get, them look kind of foggy. You get this glint glassy. in her eyes when yeah. she's looking at people like she's lasering in on them. But her eyeballs look completely frozen in her head, and she starts to walk backwards through the raging storm and then just fades out. Like, she doesn't disappear into the snow. She just disappears. Mm -hmm. The old man walks forward across the flat plain, and we cut to an extreme close-up of blonde Jesus. Once far away, light years, 
distances beyond thought. A great slender ship with a tail of fire slid through the black reaches of space. On that ship was Zatine, a prisoner named Zatine. Which seems a little redundant, but okay. Words cannot describe his evil, his criminality. He had been captured by Commander Yave after decades of search and evasion in a blood-drenched battle that claimed hundreds of lives. We see the audience of this man's story is a crowd of bald children. But shortly thereafter, Zatine escaped in a tiny scout craft. A fantastic escape from that spaceship. And soon he found a hiding place on the planet Earth. We are really front-loading this thing. I like this much information better as a yellow trapezoidal crawl floating through space. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, I should, we should probably point out that it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the names here, Zatine and Yaveth, are, sound like Satan and Yahweh. No, it's yeah. definitely not. So, yeah, it was like like the, thanks, Satan. Uh, it's Satine, actually. Got it. What is that from? <laughs> Wreck-It from Wreck-It Ralph when oh. they're at the first uh, <laughs> I'm a villain meeting. Is, is Zatine from something aside from well, this? No. No. <laughs> okay. Zatine was a mutant. His genes transformed. A mutant with a primal wish to kill. Uh, I'm sorry, I must correct you. Okay. He's not a mutant. He's a mutant. Mutant, sorry. <laughs> mutant. Compass. <laughs> a mutant with a primal wish to kill, but evolved to new psychic and occult powers. He used these powers to spread destruction and death. We are now five minutes into the movie, and we are still just lecturing exposition. In order to find and destroy Zatine, Commander Yavid tried, tried many, many methods. methods. One of these methods was an immense army of birds trained to hunt <laughs> and to kill. I hope that wasn't the first method. All right, guys, let's brainstorm. How are we going to kill this guy? What about a birdemic? Birds. We, we tried birds. that? Yeah. A lot of birds. <laughs> but when these birds did discover Zatine, he transformed himself into an eagle and managed <laughs> to destroy them all. A different type of bird. <laughs> yeah. Why not something that, like, destroys birds? Yeah. Just a big cat. Well, I think eagles do destroy birds. <laughs> yeah, do. but but we they don't do. know if they, he didn't, what if they were also eagles? Yeah, we don't know what kind of birds the first birds were. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but I also like that canaries to kill Zatine. <laughs> well, they were they were all freaking emus. It's just like holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that would be much worse. That would than be terrifying. <laughs> a thousand emus. Uh, but I do like that he says one of these methods was birds, and then it turns out that's that's the one that did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the others aren't worth mentioning. Yeah. when they turned into crabs, it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> wait, what? But he says so. He says that he transformed into an eagle and managed to destroy them all. Well, hold on now. We just skipped over some important details. How did this one eagle destroy an entire army of birds? Except for three, which survived and wounded him fatally in the brain. (laughs) Cool, so he's taken care of then. We're all good. But Satine, now dead. Wait, what? (laughs) Lived on in another way. Shit. (laughs) The horcruxes spread across the world. Before he was killed, he mated with Earth women, procreating numerous children. Was thereby this as a bird? 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was just eagle fucking them. Spread, <laughs> spread eagle. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, procreating numerous children, thereby transmitting his wicked spirit and evil powers through new generations. Yet the struggle continued and still goes on. Six minutes now. For Yahweh's descendants pursued the progeny of Zatine, lest their contamination spread through the cosmos. I would have gone with throughout the cosmos. I'm not trying to make this longer. Just sounds more poetic than through the cosmos. Presumably these kids are some of Zatine's progeny, but suddenly John Houston again, as Jersey Kulsawicks enters the room. This character could not be name. more improperly named. It yeah. sounds like a character from a Douglas Adams novel. It sounds like the kid that got <laughs> shot in our last movie in the war. He should have been Jersey Kulsawicks. Uh, also, we don't know his name for a while. I yeah. mean, I know, I know because I looked at. And he IMDb. says that's what his name is. We don't know yeah. that that's his name. I, I just, I just have him credited as Obi Wan until, yeah. until he actually tells me his name. Yeah. Because he's just totally rocking this Alec Guinness yep. look. Yeah. And when he's wearing the cloak, it's and even in worse. the desert. The kids surround Jersey with smiles as he sits in the middle of them. The speaker asks if it's happened again, and Jersey says, Her name is Katie Collins, and she'll be eight years old. We cut to a skyscraper in Atlanta, Georgia. And the worst possible music transition. Oh, yeah. I was like, all of them are, they're are terrible. I, yeah. I, I disagree that they're, it's extremely dramatic mm-hmm. every time, but I love it. I love these. You, you know you what do? it do? Yes. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, watching like Quentin Tarantino inserting the feature presentation. Da, 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 yeah. Da. yeah. Like, like, it was like, yeah. I was like, oh, is that what's happening? Is this the movie now? I just love how like overly dramatized every line is, but he's like, she's eight years old. like a sting at the end but it was it was so especially this first one was so incredibly jarring yeah because i'm okay i'm like okay cool we haven't heard any score yet we're we're in this kind of like space adventure thing and there's some sort of biblical references going on and now we're gonna go space chase this girl all oh wait no we're like atlanta georgia we're in atlanta georgia and everything is normal yep present day nothing strange (laughs) happening and there's really 70s music happening yeah (laughs) in fact we're going to a basketball game here we go so we cut right into a basketball game atlanta's trying to catch up with san francisco i think these are made up teams i don't know what the atlanta team is but the san francisco team jerseys seem to say the san francisco miners atlanta's able to bring it up to 92 93 so they're down by a point when atlanta takes the lead with another two-pointer and another on the sidelines team owner raymond armstead played by lance henriksen is interviewed during a timeout he's very humble about the team's performance tonight he is asked how he intends to turn atlanta's reputation around and his ownership style boils down to throwing more money at the team and getting the best players in the league to come here. The reporter points out that he doesn't have a lot of money to work with. Where will this money come from? Ray refrains from answering, but the reporter is weirdly insistent about it. He's like, no, now hold on. Like like, it, like, it, like it's a congressional hearing yeah, or something. Yeah, like this is politics. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm, I don't have to tell you anything. You're mm-hmm. welcome that you got to talk to me. But uh, he's like, listen, I asked you a question. Where does this money come from? Uh, God. When the game starts up again, San Fran closes the gap fast and are one shot from the lead. One of the San Francisco players locks eyes with a girl sitting courtside with huge sunglasses on. Wait, hold on. Show some respect. 
That is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not? No. He's credited in this movie, but he's not, he's, he's not credited. He's uncredited on the IMDb page, but he's not in this movie. This was, this was so Patrick and I sat freeze-framing and comparing pictures of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from, like, airplanes. Someone <laughs> watched this movie and saw a basketball player getting referred to as Abdul by the announcer and assumed that it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But it's definitely not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Look he looks like nothing like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I just thought it was this movie was shot like in a different time. No. It's it's the same year as Airplane and he doesn't look anything like he did in Airplane. It's it's 1000% sure not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But he's credited on IMDb and on the Wikipedia page and a bunch of other places and it's like he's not in this movie unless he's another guy on the team that we don't see but this guy is for sure not kareem abdul-jabbar i have decided but uh kareem if you're listening you know shoot us a line if you were in here yeah if you were in there somewhere <laughs> the the player looks entranced by this girl as the clock ticks down from five seconds san francisco intercepts a pass and runs at the length of the court for a dunk as the crowd rises from their seats right at the edge of the hoop sunglasses lady takes down her shades and the ball fucking explodes <laughs> what the hell game over atlanta wins like they just get to keep the win yeah they get to know. keep the win game's over ball exploded this game yeah. would not count towards anything the guy was clearly know. going to make points with it yeah but, but the ball never went through the hoop i mean I, maybe we put an asterisk parts in, of it probably there. went through the hoop <laughs> yeah, you you would you would reset the clock and go back to with a ball that doesn't explode yeah preferably that one explodes <laughs> no he said doesn't explode <laughs> we cut to ray in bed with the woman he was seated next to at the game ray asks barbara to marry him but she turns him down she tells him that she can't get her mind off of the ball that exploded and he said oh you mean in the game or right here in my <laughs> ball sack <laughs> and she's like you're so funny which brings up some questions later, actually. Which explosion? The first explosion, one ball, or the second explosion, two balls? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he says, you should marry me. And she says, I've been divorced for seven and a half years, and I promised myself I would never remarry. She thinks there's something terribly wrong with her, and more specifically, that her daughter Katie is the problem. She is terrified of her daughter. A bird watches as Barbara arrives home. In the living room, she finds her daughter playing video games, or rather watching video games not be played yeah there's like a projector system and pong is just being played unopposed on the wall because her babysitter has fallen asleep yeah her babysitter looks dead yes <laughs> she's telling her pet bird squeaky about her upcoming birthday party but weirdly ends the speech with the bird by saying who's right for now to kill this other babysitter she releases the bird which flies and screeches directly into barbara's face now this bird screeching will be a running thing throughout the entire film. Yes. And my ears were bleeding practically yeah. from like, I was like, oh my God, how how is the screeching still happening? I kept putting it on mute. Yeah. And I was like, like it's got to be done now because I don't see the bird. <laughs> no, it's still, still screeching. I also am unclear if this if it's the same bird the whole time because sometimes it looks tiny in her hands and then sometimes it looks like a full-size hawk. Yeah. But I think it's always supposed to be the one bird. I think it is. Well, and okay, so you would presume that this is an eagle, but it's definitely not an yes. eagle. It's not an eagle. It's like a falcon almost. And it's like a juvenile falcon. 
Well, we we, <laughs> we, we spent after, too long. After we were done comparing freeze frames of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we spent like 45 minutes researching birds that are native to the Atlanta area. <laughs> Which it didn't have to be <laughs> to be in this movie. But we were looking up hawks that had the same markings on it, and I... I think it's. I think it was a. What did we come? A red-tailed hawk. No, a broad, a broad-winged hawk, or sure. a Cooper's hawk. It was a one Cooper's of those. Cooper's hawk. That sounds I don't right. Know. <laughs> Cooper's hawkabee. That's oh, right. Man, now I want to get a hawk and name him that. No, you don't. <laughs> no, not after all the screeching. <laughs> oh well, and I thought for sure that this was going to pay off as maybe this is one of the three birds that survived. <laughs> like, oh. when are we going to come back to the three that survived? Don't worry about them. I want to know more about the three. Are they wounded the, him fatally. Are in the they brain. the three wise men? I mean, what 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 That's is it. this biblical reference that I'm not getting? They are the good feathers. <laughs> as long as I can remember, <laughs> I always wanted to be a good feather. Katie rips on her mother's absentee parenting. She rotates the chair beside her to reveal this sleeping babysitter that just looks dead, uh, and threatens to kill her next time. You don't love me, mother, and I know it. You leave me alone too much. That's not fair. She tells her mom that she could solve this problem with a baby brother to watch over her. What? I don't know how well, a baby brother would lonely. fix that. She would just have to take care of a child while she was lonely. We see Jersey walking down the jet bridge of a plane in America somewhere. He tells a customs agent that it's his first time in America in a regular American accent. And he's yeah. got a Polish passport? Yeah. Uh, he's, he says he's just visiting and he nods to a man who notices him there to meet him. Oh, oh sorry. I need to come back to this airport scene. Yes. Cause it's clear that he doesn't need airports to get where he's going. No, he just came down from <laughs> space like, and he went through customs. <laughs> I was like, why are you at an airport? Did he beam down onto I mean, a plane? Maybe not. I don't know what the deserts of Poland look like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason you don't know what the deserts of Poland look like because they don't exist (laughs) in a gift shop barbara's friend i thought i guess it's her sister uh notices a bejeweled bird toy that says i'm a pretty bird she suggests that barbara buy it for katie but barbara's like that thing gives me the scary creeps (laughs) i just like that phrasing (laughs) and i agree yeah how it just says it over how do you make it stop yeah it sounds like the kid that bought Petey and dumb and dumber yeah her sister buys it anyway after the salesperson latches onto Katie's name and agrees that Katie will love it. Well, nice for Katie. <laughs> the bald guy who just met Jersey at the airport walks him to an abandoned building in downtown Atlanta, and on the roof, Jersey gestures for more men to bring up a dozen matching silver boxes to the rooftop. A fancy car pulls up to a mansion, and Ray gets out. He enters the office of Dr. Walker with a fancy desk and a fancy book on his desk, and Dr. Walker asks if he's sure about what he's doing. When Ray confirms, he's walked into a separate room where a cabal of old white men are seated around a boardroom table. They assure him that he will have no trouble winning with his new team. They're they're promising him all the basketball players he can eat. And... (laughs) I love that this is this is the goal of the evil yes. Satanist cabal. They want to win want, a basketball we game. We want Atlanta's team to be the best team in the country. I think our system works. You just blow up the ball when the other team scores. <laughs> we don't need your help. Well, I don't think this is their goal. No. This is this is his reward for 
for attempting to get them their goal. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, weird that that's what matters to him most. Yeah. Their goal it's, was the other exploding ball. Right. <laughs> it's, it's Homer wanting the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for helping Hank Scorpio, but yeah. he gets the Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, they assure him they will have no trouble winning with the new basketball team. I hope they have a better strategy than exploding basketballs because that can't be your go-to. Maybe an army of birds next time. Walker, seated at the end of the long table, tells him that they are in grave danger. They are totally aware of his failed proposals to Barbara. He worries that because Raymond doesn't know their real motive, he doesn't understand the seriousness of the situation. He seals this revelation with a threat. Any mistake by you at this point would have appalling consequences for you and for us. Walker's butler is watching this whole meeting through a crack in the door and is eager to learn what these men are up to. I get the feeling he's about to be made an example for Raymond's benefit, but that never happens. Nope. I was sure that this guy was going to get in trouble for this. And, and he has no, and he doesn't seem to be a part of anything because he's totally as surprised as anyone else. Yeah. What happens later. Walker informs Ray that Barbara's womb is magical. <laughs> She's able to give birth to children with immense powers, both natural and supernatural. I, I guessed the natural part. <laughs> <laughs> She could have just said they have supernatural powers also. Breathing oxygen and (laughs) metabolizing. She is the last descendant of Zatine in this entire generation. You'd think they'd be more careful about letting that bloodline dwindle if it's so important, but I guess not. Well, also, if she's a descendant of Zatine, why isn't she evil and powerful? Why is it just her kid that's evil Mm -hmm. and powerful? I got the impression that she was a like a first generation that she had had to, that she had had sex with Zatine. No, because if she inherited the womb genetically, then she would have to be a daughter of Zatine. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the powers don't show up until the third generation, and her dad was Zatine. Or they only show up when you're eight. Maybe. They go. And away she when hasn't you're been older. eaten she, yet. She was only evil when she was a kiddo. Maybe. She's obviously not their last hope, though, because presumably Katie has inherited this magical womb. They tell him that they think he will succeed, but it must be soon. Barbara must have a son, a brother for Katie. We cut to Katie's eighth birthday party. Squeaky, her bird, stands on a wireframe bird sculpture, and Katie asks if it's enjoying the party. Suddenly, Jersey appears behind the bird, and Katie looks panicked for just a moment, and then she's back in birthday mode. Wrapped gifts are rolled out for Katie. Jersey peeks out of the shadows as she starts unwrapping her gifts, and she gets to the talking bird toy from Aunt Susan. It's no longer a talking bird toy, (laughs) but a loaded handgun. She grabs it out of the box and runs to her mother before tossing the gun on a table where it goes off, shooting her mother in the spine. (laughs) As her mom collapses to the floor, Katie just sort of shrugs like, whoopsie. This was so unexpected yes definitely not where i thought this movie was going we cut to her mother's pov as she's rolled through a hospital on a gurney to an operating room yeah and that was also unexpected i was expecting this to cut back to her funeral no to Mm. the real life because that clearly was a fantasy scene just like the basketball exploding but all these things are actually happening yeah (laughs) we see her getting x-rays and dr walker is behind the protective glass with the x-ray tech there there seemed to be an awful lot of x-rays of her skull yeah and considering like, she was shot in the spine well not even just the spine but like the lower back spine yeah. you see the, where the blood yeah. is on her mm-hmm. and it's like why are there so many pictures x-rays of her head yeah that's odd an atlanta police car pulls up to barbara's home and the cops start to just peek into the windows of the home instead of knocking on the door one of them spies on katie in the living room 
and suddenly she sends Squeaky screeching up to the window and then it boomerangs back to her. This seems to temporarily freak the cop out, but then he peeks back in the window to shake his head in disapproval at her bird orang. We see Barbara getting an IV and intubation in the dark at the hospital, intercut with Katie practicing gymnastics at home in a brightly lit gym. So I was certain that they just wanted a pretext to get her to the unconscious hospital. in a hospital mm-hmm. so that they could do some sort of insemination. But they forgot to do it. But they didn't do that. You had her unconscious on the table and you are her doctor, her surgeon. And he didn't bother to, you know, just tuck a little sperm in there while you're doing some surgery on yeah. her. Just <laughs> <laughs> tuck it in there. <laughs> on the x-rays, a doctor points to the bullet lodged in Barbara's spine. Here's the bullet entered the left flank, traversed posterior of the left kidney, and entered the spinal canal. Will there be paralysis? I'm afraid so. Meanwhile, Katie is rocking the uneven bars in her gymnastics class. We see Barbara grabbing a hanging bar to lift herself up in bed. Her gymnastics instructor compliments Katie on her progress and asks if her mother is okay. Well, my mother didn't die, but she just won't be able to walk anymore. And <laughs> then she just struts off smiling. Ray meets Barbara to take her home from the hospital. Katie practices using her mother's new automatic chair for getting up and down the stairs. I, I have to say that Barbara is taking this all like a champ. She's yeah. very chipper. Yes. I, I would be, man, I would just be devastated. Yeah. Ray and Barbara enter and everybody hugs. They help Barbara into the stair chair and Barbara tells Katie that they'll be seeing a lot more of Ray and Katie's excited to learn that they'll be a family finally. Which I thought meant that they were already married. Yes, or, or would or soon. Good, yeah. At the Atlanta police headquarters, they interrogate the salesperson who sold the bird, I guess assuming that it might have been it might have transformed into a gun after he gift wrapped it or he gave them the wrong box on purpose. Then they speak with Aunt Susan, who says the bird was gift-wrapped at the store and she hadn't opened it since. Back at the house, a woman enters the building with an enormous bird cage and creeps around looking for people who live here, but never calls out to anyone. She's just (laughs) silently walking around the house. While she's under the stairs, Barbara starts to come down on her chair and the woman introduces herself as the new housekeeper from the agency, Jane Phillips, played by Shelley Winters. This agency seems to do it all. Yeah. They have babysitters. They have housekeepers. Jane successfully guesses Barbara's zodiac sign, Libra, from her design choices around the home. Jane tells Barbara she hates to work for Virgos because they're maniacal about neatness. Apparently, Jane doesn't intend to tidy up so much, I guess. (laughs) She continues her horoscope rant by claiming that Capricorns are simply the worst. Suddenly, Katie enters. I'm a Capricorn. Boom. Jesus was a Capricorn. Uh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Was he actually born on the 25th? No, but that's that's the date that they use. And uh, that's the line from Life of Brian. Oh, it's okay. like, what star sign is he? Capricorn. Oh, what are they like? He's like, he's like, he is our Messiah, the son of God, king of the Jews. And that's Capricorn, is it? <laughs> <laughs> One in every 12 people is the king of the Jews. Or 13? How many Zodiac signs are there? Well, there, technically there's 13 now, but um, they still just acknowledge the 12. Because it has to do with where the sun travel, right. what constellations of the sun, and the sun ecliptic has moved um, as the constellations. And so things. what's and the new one? I don't know it offhand. But Scrappy-doo. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ecliptic now crosses through a new. Interesting. 
Back on Jersey's mysterious rooftop experiment, we see a big white screen and the shadow of hands caressing it from the other side. <laughs> then we cut back to the house. Katie finds the giant bird cage, and I am confused to learn that this isn't a welcoming gift to go with their bird-centric decor, but rather just a hobby of Jane's that she intends to take up permanent residence in their home. Like, guess what? This shelf is for my bird cage now that I brought. But they're also with all my fake birds. They're in it. not real birds. Not real birds. She brought in a giant bird cage of fake birds just to hang out with. Just to take up space in this home. See, that's what that's why I'm thinking. Maybe the original flock of birds was like a bunch of canaries, because these are tiny little songbirds, uh. you know. Katie warns her that Squeaky will destroy the fake birds in this cage. Jane and Katie already hate each other. Katie tries to leave for school without her backpack, and Jane reprimands her. And then we see outside. Katie just traipses out in front of a moving school bus and is very nearly run yeah. over. Uh, but she hops aboard. A cop notices her get on the bus at home and then follows her the entire way to school to where all the kids are getting off the bus. Katie is somehow no longer on the bus. Like he watches all the kids get out and she's nowhere to be found. And he's standing there confused when Katie pops out of the driver's side door. He asks if there's anything that she'd like to say to him as if there might be a confession that she wants to make. And she says, yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> she calls him a child molester and walks away. He asks one last question. What happened to the gift your aunt gave you? You better write it down. By gift her aunt gave, it seems he's referring to the bird that never showed up and not the gun. <laughs> the police have the gun and it only had the kids prints on it, at least until now, because the case is still open, but these cops are just passing it around barehanded. Mm -hmm. And also, the, there is no manufacturer's mark, right. and there's no serial number, and even the uh, the bullet casings yeah. have no marks on them. Yeah. Right. Not like it's been filed off, just never there. Yes. The detective says, oh, so it was filed off. And he says, no, the lab says there never was one. The detective suggests employing a magician on this case because he can't figure out how the gun got in the box. The thing that bothers the detective most is that Katie shows zero remorse for the quote-unquote accident. I swear she seems glad it happened. Yeah, that bugs me, man. That really bugs me. <laughs> now there are nine white screens erected on the rooftop, and people are silhouetted in them all. Bald men in matching tracksuits walk out from behind each screen and stand in front of them. The cop drives back to Barbara's place and uses the front door this time. He walks around the house again when nobody answers the door. He lets himself in and closely inspects a houseplant when an arcade machine behind him makes a really loud noise that startles him. I wasn't sure that this was the arcade because the arcade's not making sounds for the whole scene. It just yeah. suddenly makes one yelp. He reaches into the plant when Squeaky attacks and he shoves Squeaky behind a window. Like he closes a window to get to lock Squeaky into like an atrium area or something. I don't know what he's doing, but he closes a window and the Squeaky is stuck on the other side of a piece of glass from him. But he finds this bejeweled bird toy stashed in the houseplant which means that she the kid probably just switched out the bird for the gun it wasn't anything magical yeah, yeah. she just took the bird toy out and put a gun in the box the whole way back to the police station the bird continues reciting its phrase distracting the cop from the road when he looks forward again he's driving safely in his own lane but someone from the other side of the road has swerved over the line and nearly hits him straight on yeah Instead of pursuing this drunk driver in his police car, he just shakes it off as an odd thing that happened. He tucks the bird into his glove compartment and almost lights a cigarette, but then throws it out the window instead. We see 
Is this squeaky waiting on the traffic light? Yep. Yep. I thought he was going to cut the wires or like cause a trigger with some a light. kind of an accident. Here. Yeah. But instead, it flies right in the detective's driver's side window and starts attacking his face. And he starts driving full speed into the oncoming traffic. I think he's trying to hit the brakes. I think we see him hitting the brakes and they're not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, but that's when you shut off the ignition to the car. Right. Or he's pumping the gas. It's hard to tell. <laughs> But he's causing multiple accidents here and ends up hitting a motorcyclist head on, which does not look like a dummy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's a real it's a real bad hit. This whole this thing is, is really angers me, this whole thing, because, OK, I get there's a bird and I get you could be in a panic. But and, you can and, also and, grab the bird or or, you know, and I wear glasses, so I'm taking my glasses off. If a bird's trying to pick your eyes. You do this. You cover your eyes. You cover your goddamn eyes. He he's just like holding his hands like five inches away from his face and waving them up and down. It's like yeah. if you're worried about your eyes, cover them. And the bird is literally pecking his eyes out. Yeah, yeah. it's like well, that's not going to. Anyway, I was really frustrated. But he ends up rolling this car off the side of the road and in the process wrapping it in a chain link fence. And so when the car bursts into flames, he can't get out because there's chain link wrapped yeah. the whole way around there's the car. There's a whole baseball team running out to try to yeah. save him. <laughs> and one guy who I think is going to beat the shit out of him because he's like Got a bat. bat around. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this asshole. I'll hit that fire to death. Back at Barb's house, she asks what Jane... Oh, by the way, that cop is dead. That, <laughs> the car is fully engulfed in flames and he's dead. Back at Barb's house, she asks what Jane thinks of Katie. And she's like, you want me to be honest? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, your daughter is bad. <laughs> and she's like what what are you talking about it's like i was saying the same thing the other day to uh yeah exactly. to my boyfriend but how dare you say it when i told you to be honest she's bad <laughs> what are you talking about bad she's just a little girl jane tells barb not to laugh at the findings of astrology no great philosopher said that our characters are our fate and some scientists now believe that planets somehow understand this like these big rocks floating through space have are sentient turns out barb takes katie to an ice skating rink i think katie's at an ice skating yeah rink. she's at an ice <laughs> I skating don't know rink. how she got here uh katie keeps staring up at the ceiling of this enormous building where jersey is watching her from the upper levels of what looks like a giant indoor mall we see jersey walking down an extremely long staircase which is actually the tallest freestanding escalator in the world huh. it only goes up so they had to turn it off for Houston to walk down it. And he doesn't even walk all the way down. Yeah. I think they specifically used an escalator so that if he gave up, they could just turn it on and get mm-hmm. him to the top. <laughs> we need to do it again? Okay, hang on. Yeah. Katie starts skating the wrong way around the rink, forcing people to crash into each other. They start getting pissed about this and chasing her, but she's really good on the skates and they keep just hurting themselves more. They try to grab a hold of her arms and spin her until she gets too dizzy, but she spins so fast that she throws them both completely out of the rink. Mm-hmm. One of them goes through a window into a neighboring restaurant, and the other goes over a planter. Now, Jersey never makes it down the stairs. No, he doesn't. He doesn't interrupt what's going on. Yeah. and it plays no purpose in anything. And and that's at this point, I am like split about this movie. Well, like it's like this movie has a lot going on for a movie with nothing going on. Yes. <laughs> there, there's no main character. And if there, if you consider Barbara the main character, she's not in control of anything that's happening to her. Right. 
Um, if you think Jersey's the main character, I don't know what Jersey's doing. He, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. For a second, the cop was the main character, and then he exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, and Lance Henriksen is has been gone for the last thirty. Minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, there's a lot of really interesting scenes, but I don't know how the story is progressing. Yeah. Ray hears a knock at Barbara's door and opens it to find Jersey posing as their babysitter for the night. Ray is in a full tuxedo, so they're obviously just heading out. Barbara tells Katie to be in bed by 9.30. As they drive to their date, Ray worries aloud that Jersey might be a child molester, but then Barb insists that the agency screens their sitters very well. What about you? Aren't you a cripple molester? Well, I would be if you gave me a chance. Not all sex is molestation. This joke is very weird. Well, also, are we trying to draw a correlation? Like, maybe he... Maybe he is a child molester if she lets him. But like, here's what? another question. <laughs> what does, well, I would be if you gave me a chance? Because they were already having sex. That wasn't mm-hmm. the problem. The problem is that he's impotent. I don't think that's the problem. I think that's sh- that they're, that she's trying to prevent a pregnancy. So, But, they, but they've but been having w- sex. When she says, yeah, they've been having sex there this are, whole time. I'm sorry, Richard. There's ways to prevent pregnancy. Yeah, but she doesn't say, yeah. aren't you a cripple impregnator? <laughs> She said, aren't you a cripple molester? They've been having sex this whole time. I guess. And he says, well, I would be if you gave me the chance. She's not saying, aren't you a father? She's saying, don't you have sex with me? And he's like, I would if you'd let me. Hmm. But he does. He already does have sex with her. Well, I mean, he at least did before the accident. Yeah. Back when the balls exploded. (laughs) Ray tells her that he has a surprise for her tonight. Back at the house, Jersey tells Katie to close her eyes. He tries to access that deeper part of her subconscious. She knows exactly what he's talking about. Over dinner, Raymond announces to 30-some people his intention to marry Barbara, apparently without having proposed to her in advance. Or at least proposed to her successfully. Is this the surprise he was talking about? I think so. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Back at the house, they're playing Pong, and Katie asks if Jersey wants to kill her, and he says, no, I want to steal you. But if you refuse, then I'll kill you. She dares him to try, and she doesn't want him to win at Pong, so she flips the high-speed switch on the back of the game, and he loses right away. You used your powers to make it go faster. No, no, I didn't. I used the switch. (laughs) She's like, no, I just flipped the switch. (laughs) It's like talking to your grandparents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, you you How did you make that little box glow? (laughs) (laughs) This is your monitor. I just turned it on. Back at the weird building where they're having dinner, Barbara tries to escape when Ray intercepts her. She's obviously furious about what he said without consulting her. She says that she would be happy to grow old alone, but Ray insists that he'll be there with her every step of the way. Well, yeah, that's what he says afterwards. It's like, it's like, it's like you can't get anywhere. You can't just walk. Walk. It's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, now he's revealing that he's the bad guy. Yeah, and then but, to, to but, seem nicer, he's like, you know it's only going to get harder. Yeah, nobody's going to want a cripple, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's captivated by his charm. Yeah. Barbara rolls in to find Jersey resting on the couch. He says Katie went to bed right on time and that he's owed $15. <laughs> I like this idea that Jersey, a man from space, <laughs> yeah. is... needs the $15. <laughs> I really need this money. He's not from the agency. The, the agency man from space get... who killed a babysitter on his way here <laughs> needs $15. <laughs> Barbara finds a note from Katie. Mommy, 
You have to marry Raymond. You have to marry him. I don't want you to be all alone in this house anymore. You were selfish, Mommy. I love you very much. Katie. <laughs> One of these sentences does not fit this note at all. What is selfish about wanting to be alone? We see Katie creeping up on her mother's bedroom at night while Barbara is cleaning her face. The phone rings and suddenly Katie lunges over her mother with the phone, scaring the shit out of her and me. <laughs> My God, what are you doing here? Call for you, Mommy. When she hears it's Ray on the phone, she tells him to put a brother in her mom right away. Whoa. <laughs> She's like, don't talk to my boyfriend like that. That's gross. And she's like, whatever. Paint my mom's uterus. Uh, he tells her that he has to head to San Francisco in the morning. And he wants her to say goodbye to him at the airport. Fuck you, dude. She's paralyzed. Come here for a goodbye. Like, I want you to get, to go get in a car and go to the airport and meet me and say goodbye to me. <laughs> After I've Fuck pissed you, you off. <laughs> it's like the most inconvenient thing to ask. <laughs> to mean, a paralyzed. I wouldn't yeah. ask this to Michael Phelps. I wouldn't <laughs> ask this to a multiple uh, gold medal winning Olympian. But he's asking a paralyzed woman to make time to visit him at an airport. Ray goes to meet with the 12 old men at the long table again. Dr. Walker's butler enters and starts to pour everyone drinks. But Walker gives him other silent instructions that never pay off at all. Ray asks for one more chance, and Walker refuses. Now, a more efficient method has been chosen. What? Why wasn't this yeah. a first? Why didn't you do this thing. a long time ago? This you was important. You had the woman in surgery. Like, I thought we were going drastic before. Yeah. Like, why, why didn't we just take care of this? I, I assumed here that the more efficient method meant that somebody from this stonecutter group was just going to rape her. Yeah. But well, I don't know that that didn't happen. That's true. Walker meets Barbara at the airport where she intended to see Raymond off, but the plane already left. So in addition to telling her to meet him at the airport, he also gave her the wrong time like an asshole. Barb has lost Katie somewhere in this airport and Walker helps find her. Katie seems to know which people are on her side of this bizarre plot. And so she's very nice to them and agrees with everything they say. When Walker tells her to convince her mother to come to his house, she agrees right away. But Barb says, no, I'm too tired. Who driving car? Barbara driving car. How can that be? <laughs> what? We cut to Barbara driving home from the airport. Yeah. She, yeah. Her legs don't work. There's there's nothing on the steering wheel to control the gas or the brake. The car breaks down and Katie watches out the back window as two animated headlights blink at them. <laughs> Suddenly, the car behind them is made of headlights. There are literally 27 headlights on this thing. I counted them. Uh, are there? I feel like they're trying to do a close encounters thing. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But I really feel like it's just a box truck with a bunch of lights on it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the car swerves around them at the last second and she picks up her car phone. Yeah. It's just a it's just a phone that she had. Like, <laughs> they just gave her a, like a kitchen phone. Uh, and she picks that up from the center console and reports their location in a stalled car on Route 28, 15 miles from Interstate 85. The same truck that just swerved around them backs up in front of them. And now Barbara starts freaking out. A man walks around the side of the truck and stares at her car. I think this is Dr. Walker, but we can't really tell. We just see the silhouette of a man standing next yeah. to the truck. See, and I, what I thought this was going to be, I, I agree that it is supposed to be Dr. Walker, but what I thought was going to happen later on was she was going to see like a silhouette of Jersey and then get like a mis, misidentity thing. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're the guy who kidnapped me. And it's like, no, I'm trying to help you, but yeah. it doesn't happen. 
The truck lowers a ramp down to the road and blasts bright lights through their windshield. A team of men file out to collect Barbara. I thought they'd take the whole car to cover their tracks, but they just take Barbara, so the ramp seems completely unnecessary now. Barbara rolls her mother's wheelchair up to the guy standing beside the truck. We see another surgery taking place, but it's unclear what they're doing exactly. Two options are implanting seed in her uterus, which I think they could do without this much surgery. Well, but... The problem with that is they literally need it to be her DNA. So unless they've previously, in the last surgery, harvested some eggs, well, I don't know. She, I mean, if she's producing eggs, they could just put sperm into her. Yeah, that does not require surgery. Right. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't <laughs> seem like what they're trying to do. I don't know what would, they're doing. Yeah. Unless they're, you're saying they created a, like a test tube baby and but that's they're what I'm saying. implanting is that, it? Th- 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 that, I thought that's what you meant one of the two options were. No, no, no. Because no, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it has to be her DNA. Yeah, so the, they the, can't just put any random embryo in her. Yeah, the options are either they're just putting sperm into her or what I think would make more sense because these people clearly have like technology that we don't have would be to take her uterus out completely, a full hysterectomy, and then make babies with the uterus on its own. Don't even bother this Well, woman. but we know that that's not what happened. Right. Later, we will find out that that's not what happened. They don't have a disembodied uterus just spitting out babies somewhere. The tow truck arrives and finds mother and daughter back in the car. The wheelchair is now out in the street in front of their car, but the tow truck drivers are very freaked out about it. They don't understand what's happening here. They move to help what they think is a drunk woman in a car with a kid, and Katie tells them that her mom isn't feeling well. We cut to Jersey's rooftop where it looks like they've built a runway facing the city skyline in the distance. Lights fill the runway, and it flashes into the into the night sky. I don't know what's happening with any of these rooftop scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and what I'm it's saying. It's sending a signal to space. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is if Jersey is the main character, or if he's who I'm supposed to be rooting for, I don't know enough about what he's doing. Yeah. Like I, And he sure seems to be taking his sweet time. Yeah, he's taking action, but I don't understand these actions. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be weird looking. The lights go out again, and Jersey turns around. Back at Barb's house, we see Jane come out of an upstairs bedroom to find Barbara racing around downstairs in her wheelchair, looking lost and scared. She moves for the door just as it opens, and Jersey steps in. He says he's here to help. He tells her that her recent confusion and discomfort has all been broadcast into her brain by aliens from another time. He tells her that she's pregnant and she recoils in horror and a loud screech from another source plays over her backing away from Jersey. I don't know if this is supposed to be the bird again. It's just a weird sound. Upstairs, Jane listens in and covers her mouth in shock. Jersey tells her this second child must never be born and he disappears. Like... They don't even bother to have him fade out this time. They literally just cut to her and then cut back and he's Mm -hmm. not where he was standing. We intercut Barb freaking out with her daughter in gymnastics again. There's nowhere for Barb to go. Jane tries to get her attention, but Barbara just rolls herself out the door and presumably into traffic or something. But Jane doesn't seem concerned enough to follow her. Barbara got into her car and drove to the hospital without incident somehow. She couldn't even maneuver her way around the living room and she somehow made it the whole way to the hospital where her ex-husband works she meets with her pediatrician ex-husband sam and he pushes her into his office for a conversation she tells him that he's the only one that she can trust and then she has a breakdown these people are watching me there are evil people doing things to me (laughs) at home katie asks jane where her old whipping boy is meaning mother 
and Jane slaps her hard across the face and tells her to refer to her mother as mother. Apparently, Shelly Winters was actually slapping this kid for this scene. Oh, God. And she said that she specifically signs up for jobs where she can slap children. What? (laughs) She did say that. Whether or not she was joking, I don't know. Are you crazy? Where is she? Katie pretends to be polite for a second, but then starts cursing again quickly, and Jane is at her throat. Suddenly, Squeaky is screeching over the whole altercation. She admits that she had a monster child herself, and she knows how to deal with them. Eventually, she tells Katie that her mother left an hour ago with an elderly gentleman. But that's not what happened. She just went crazy and rolled out of the house alone. And the elderly gentleman just disappeared. He just (laughs) vanished. Barbara asks her ex-husband to perform an abortion on her, and he agrees. This ex-husband, by the way, is director Sam Peckinpah, the director of... uh, uh, the Ballad of Cable Hogue earlier this year. And and it, I mean... Or not this year, but 1970 I mean, for our Patreon review. I mean, I know a pediatrician or, you know, a doctor can do an abortion. But he's not a gynecologist. So yeah, it, it just seems like... I know he she just is going to someone that she trusts, but, like, I would say, like, could you recommend a doctor yeah. who yeah. could perform an abortion no, like, versus... No, 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 you. Look it up and do it. I want I want to be your first abortion. Katie runs full speed across town to interrupt the abortion of her Hellspawn sibling when she gets to not the hospital. She goes to a different building. Um, I thought she was she was going to like bust in and stop them mm-hmm. from performing the abortion. But she she goes to the building where they set up the rooftop runway and the whole building's empty. Suddenly she finds Jersey with some of his accomplices and she starts following Jersey around the city. They move down a back alley where Jersey pops into a hot dog stand to like yeah. hide with the vendor in the back. It's like, and, shh, I just yeah, want a hot don't dog. say anything. <laughs> just give me the hot dogs. Uh, she, Katie starts to loosen the bolts of the fire escape above it with her mind and then drops the entire fire escape, crushing the hot dog stand, probably killing that other vendor, yeah. but narrowly missing Jersey, who's just hiding back against the wall in the back of it. He ducks into what looks like an adult theater, but when Katie follows him inside, the lights come up and it's a hall of mirrors. She slams her fists on a handful of the mirrors when she can't find the real jersey and shatters the rest of them with her mind. But the mirrors are like, I I guess they just didn't want to use any kind of like breakaway glass or something for her because there's a a clear plexiglass divider between her and the mirrors. And it seems like a lot of times she has to really slam them, slam the thing hard. For I'm not even confident she's ever breaking them. I think they're just being triggered to break when she bangs on the window in front of them. Barbara rolls herself into her home, seemingly post-abortion. She's like kind of out of it a little bit. And she gets startled by a snapping sound in the house when suddenly the lights go out. She gasps in the darkness and the hawk attacks her. She guards her face with her hands, but they're completely covered in blood. She rolls into a bedroom and slams the door behind her, but the hawk grabs a hold of the handle and tries to work its way into the room. But we all know that raptors can open doors. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They're learning. After a moment, it gives up, and Barb watches in horror as the door handle slowly tips, and then Jane bursts into the room with a dead bird in one hand. (laughs) She literally just killed this bird. Yep. And she's like... Don't worry, I won't let anything happen to you. And immediately, Katie is shoving Barbara's chair from behind, screaming, and they do a full lap around the living room before crashing this chair into 
an aquarium or yeah. something. I don't know. If, uh, I think it was just some kind of water feature. But it's really but, weird because it's all bubbly. Yeah. And I at first I thought the implication was that whatever this was was boiling water that she was getting smashed through. Oh, no. Because it had all these bubbles in it. But she just crashes her through a water feature in the living room. Yeah. And instead of cutting to Barbara at the hospital with, like, lacerations from the bird or from this window, she's 100% fine sitting in a chair watching through a one-way mirror as doctors are talking to katie yeah about her problems the lights along the rooftop runway light up and jersey tells jane that he's about to leave with katie she asks where they're going and he says beyond the imagination she wants to come along but he says no it's just just me and kids this is a place that i go with kids nobody comes with me (laughs) and it's beyond your imagination she's like well i'm kind of a kid yeah (laughs) you're like 65 I don't understand who Jane is. I- I'm assuming- she works for the agency. <laughs> I-, I am assuming that she was also the mother of one of these evil children. Yeah. Right. But she seems like she's in on this. Right? right. Yeah. yeah. With Jersey. But she's not because she's really confused when like Jersey comes in and disappears earlier. And I don't know if she is that confused. I think she's confused at his strategy for whatever he's doing with Barbara. I mean, aside from killing a bird, she's not particularly helpful here. Yeah. But yeah, so these doctors are treating Katie, and Katie knows her mom is on the other side of this window and promises to be good if she can only leave this place. Back on Jersey's rooftop miniature, we repeat the shot of him inspecting the runway and it lighting up from earlier. This time, when he throws his hands up at the climax of this light show, uh, the lights turn green in sync with him and we see his silhouette projected on the floor of this runway. Orbs begin to descend from the sky one at a time until eight of them collect on the runway, and we cut back to Barbara's place. She's packing a bag and hears a faint beeping. It's the video games again. When she approaches the TV set, Katie is there playing Pong, even though she was left at the hospital with doctors. For some reason, Barb approaches her daughter instead of locking herself in a room to call the police because this is terrifying. When Katie spins around, she has a monster face with, like, light bulbs in it because there's light shining out of cracks in her face. She straddles her mom on the chair and begins choking her. When the chair tips, she drags her mother by the hair through the house and then up the stairs by her legs. Ray watches from upstairs, and Katie kicks her mom in the face at the top of the stairs so that she rolls the whole way back down. I guess we're done trying to implant anything into this lady. Jersey watches the orbs over the rooftop collide and explode. Katie sends her mom's bloodied body back up the stairs in the automatic chair, where Ray wraps her neck in a garrote wire, and he says, Ruined everything. He refused intervention. Katie starts the chair going back down the stairs, hanging her mom with the garrote wire, but Ray for some reason gives it enough slack for her to reach the whole way to the bottom of the stairs. I mean, it's still lacerating her neck, but it looked like they were trying to kill her. Yeah. Now I don't know what they're doing. A nebulous blue cloud of birds forms over Jersey's runway. Ray tries to tighten the garrote wire again until a storm and earthquake strike the house. Bright lights shine in all the windows, and Katie's hair is hanging down in front of her face, but the static charge in the air makes it float out in all directions around her. I thought that looked really cool, that shot. An army of birds flood into the room. One clips the garrote wire, freeing Barbara, 
The rest surround Katie like she's Professor Screw Eyes from We're Back. <laughs> the birds fly in a tight spiral around her. What looks like a wooden bird or maybe a metal one chases Ray around the house for a while. And then eventually it extends a stabbing rod from its beak and just jams it right into his throat. The birds swarm over Katie like she was abusing one of them in Hyrule. Jersey enters to comfort Barbara, and Dr. Walker's butler finds him dead and gross at his desk. The other 11 men around the long table are all also dead, and like, rotting. Hmm. I don't know what happened to these men. Jersey goes to visit the man who read us our opening monologue and presents him with a bald-headed Katie as a new disciple. He tells the man that he never intended to kill the girl, just the evil part of her. The end. Director and story were provided by Giulio Paradisi. He was the second AD on Fellini's Eight and a Half. He also appears as an actor in small parts for Eight and a Half and La Dolce Vita. He actually has very few credits on IMDb for some reason. Writer Luciano Comici. Uh, this was his only feature film credit, mostly TV and one video game, though he did write three episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. All right. Which I believe. Writer Robert Mundi. Also wrote Chattanooga Choo Choo in 84 and Rough Magic in 95. The story was by Ovidio G. Asinitis. He directed another great horror movie called Beyond the Door in 1974. Have you ever seen that? No. It's, a, it's another exorcist type movie, but it's very good. Um, he also did Tentacles, a killer octopus movie. And he was uncredited for directing Piranha 2, The Spawning, because he and Miller Drake took over after Roger Corman fired James Cameron off the film. Mel Ferrer played Dr. Walker. He was Arthur in Knights of the Round Table in 1954, the year he married Audrey Hepburn. He was Paul Berthelet in Lily, and he was Benson Thacker in The World, The Flesh, and the Devil. Glenn Ford played Detective Jake Durham. He's Johnny Farrell in Gilda. He was Tom Corbett in The Courtship of Eddie's Father, and Pa Kent in Superman. That's the the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that uh you know the previous movie we had had Susanna York who yep. played who played Superman's real biological mother. Right. And now uh, this guy Opposite plays Marlon Brando. Yeah, and this guy is playing the the adopted father. Yeah. Lance Henriksen was Raymond Armstead. He's Frank Black from Millennium and X Files. He's Bishop in Aliens. He played Wayland in uh, alien versus predator he's jesse hooker in near dark but he's probably best known for playing the mushroom king in the super mario brothers film <laughs> love those plumbers john houston played jersey Kalsawicks. he was the lawgiver in the battle for the planet of the apes he's noah cross in chinatown ned turner in tentacles a voice in The Black Cauldron and the lead in The Other Side of the Wind, the Netflix Orson Welles title. He's also a prolific director with titles like The Maltese Falcon, Asphalt Jungle, African Queen, Moby Dick, The 67 Casino Royale, Fat City, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, and Phobia this year. He also has Victory next year and Annie the year after that. Joanne Nail played Barbara Collins. She took over the role of Jugs from Raquel Welch, for the Mother Jugs and Speed TV show, and we'll see her next as Ricky in Full Moon High. Sam Peckinpah played Dr. Sam Collins. He's acted a couple times, like Charlie in Invasion of the Body Snatchers and a hangman in a deleted scene from our recent Heaven's Gate. He's better known for directing titles like The Wild Bunch, 
The Ballad of Cable Hogue, Straw Dogs, The Getaway, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, and Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Shelley Winters played Jane Phillips. She was Ruby and Alfie. She's Belle Rosen in The Poseidon Adventure, Mommy and Cleopatra Jones. She's Faye Lipinski in Next Stop Greenwich Village, Tilly Turner, wife of Houston's character in Tentacles from the same writer, and Nana Marie or Nana Mary in Roseanne. Yeah, so yeah, she she is the great Yes, she's grandmother, Roseanne's grandmother. Grand, Roseanne's grandmother, great grandmother of the children. But I also love her as uh, the uh, matriarch of the Gogan family from Pete's Dragon. Oh, okay. Uh, Paige Connor played Katie Collins. Uh, she played Girl in T-Shirt from Little Darlings earlier this year. She also plays Tracy in a movie called Fast Food in 1989. Joe Dorsey plays Sheriff Paul Townsend, though he's credited as Jack Dorsey. Isn't that the name of the guy who owns Twitter? Jack Dorsey? Yes, Jack Dorsey. He played Conley in War Games, Sheriff Bates in The Philadelphia Experiment, Congressman Doughton in Real Genius, and Hal Abramson in Brainstorm. Franco Nero played Jesus Christ uncredited. Uh, that's the the character's not called Jesus Christ in the movie, but that's who whoever put him into IMDb decided to call this character Jesus Christ. He is Christ-like. Very Christ-ish. Christy. He played Amerigo Vesepi in Django Unchained as a reference to his appearance in the original Django films, including one in pre-production now written by John Sayles. He also played Lancelot in Camelot, Esperanza in Die Hard 2, and Julius in John Wick Chapter 2. And then the last credit here is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I'm convinced is not in this film. There was a basketball player named Abdul. Somebody got confused and put it on IMDb. And then someone else got confused and put it on Wikipedia. And now it's all over the place. But he's not in this movie. And that's everybody I had. It's an up for me. It's a big up for me. Uh, I, Again, I, I had said earlier uh, that this movie has a lot going on for a movie with nothing going on. Yes. It, it, the, the plot is out of control of everybody, I feel. Um, so you just kind of have to just sit and let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. but but it's an up where's this going on your list richard um i have this uh uh like right between a bunch of ones that i like i have it at number 52 uh but it's right below battle beyond the stars and right above galaxina all right that's actually higher than i thought you'd have it but i i had a feeling you would like this one just because there's so many batshit crazy things that happen jess where you got it um, so I think I have it unusually high because it's just so crazy and I'd watch it again for its craziness. I have it at number 30. Okay. Uh, it's below Mad Max and above the fog for me. Okay. I have it at 21. Uh, it's just under Where the Buffalo Roam and just above Caddyshack. I just moved it. Um, but I like where it's at. Um, yeah, I, th- I think... The guy, uh, I think what I like about this movie was not intentional, uh, but that doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't look at intent. I yeah. look at, I look at the execution. And for me, the stuff, the crazy shit that happens, happens often enough yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm satisfied yeah. the whole way through the movie. I like this. She finds the gun in the present. A bird attacks a guy. He crashes a car. Like there's weird, like yeah. there's aliens and there's, uh, you know illuminati and there's yeah all this crazy shit happening 
and uh, ice skating murders. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be high on the list just because anybody I want to say, hey, you want to you want to see a movie? You yes. Know, be like, watch this movie with me. Yeah, this is a movie <laughs> that I would I would not be embarrassed to show someone. No. <laughs> be- because there's there's a lot of symbolism in it. I feel and a lot of stuff that you're supposed to try to like. I I almost feel it could have benefited by more. Um, but maybe less is more in this case because you like the Jesse brought up and it was the, the when we uh, had read the IMDb synopsis where it says a uh, fight between God and the devil. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because I feel like that's ultimately what this is about. Yeah. And and perhaps even like adding to the lore of Christianity is like, oh, yeah, like God, Yahweh and Satan. No, that's not their real names. Those those are the bastardized yeah. names that have yeah. been been because it was really these two aliens who came to earth well i love it and so are the birds angels then it's like we took scientology and christianity just kind of smashed them together and made a movie yeah (laughs) it's about you know inhabited bodies and stuff like that but because zatine is supposed to be dead like i don't feel like we have a representation of him in this movie i suppose it's supposed to be her but the, the imdb page i feel like is wrong because they're saying that the devil and god is fighting but yeah. I'm like, but he's not here. He, we, we're not. He's not fighting this fight. Yeah. Another thing that's weird is that they don't, um, they don't give us what the deadline is for this kid being born. Right. It's like they urgent. act like, oh, it needs to happen right away, but we don't know what is the indicator for what needs to happen. Yeah. Um. And, other and- than apparently they're going to just start rotting all of a sudden, but she could still have a kid at the end of this movie. And and why are they going after Katie now? Yeah. Yeah. That's the bigger question. Why did they not take her as a child mm-hmm. and force her to produce these these descendants of Satine? Oh, Unless no. it had to be he's saying taking Katie now, like Oh yeah. But well, well but, but both, I think yeah, both are good points. Yeah. Like th- this woman should have been kept in isolation and just being mass produced just I mean, it's it's horrifying, but but if it's that important to you to create a race yeah. of devil... Right. You seem to have no problem going yeah. to extremes towards, you know, you, sh- you mm-hmm. shot her in the spine. She's the queen bee of the hive. You, you did some other sort of surgery on her later. Like, you seem to not have any qualms about doing these terrible things to her. Like, yeah. why, did, why, why now? <laughs> I guess they wanted her to go willingly. Yeah, maybe that's part of it, that it has to be a choice that she makes. But maybe if you sat her down and told her, hey, we can explain all this to you and we can channel your kids' powers and you'll have everything you ever wanted. Um, so just and do what we say. Be, you won't be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of yeah, your life. We won't paralyze you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can also support the show through Patreon.com slash VintageVideoPodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing A Change of Seasons which IMDb describes like so. Marriage takes a sour turn when a middle-aged husband falls for a young and sexy woman. Things get even more complicated when his wife starts a hot affair with a young lover of her own. Oh, and she's played by Shirley MacLaine again. Oh my goodness. Can't wait to watch Loving Couples 2.
What is it called? A Change of Seasons. A Change, change of, of Seasons. seasons. <laughs> we leave you now with the trailer. You are cordially invited to a weekend in the country with mom and dad. Come on, it's not what you think. Hmm? I said it's not what you think. I heard what you said. You said it's not what you think. What's that supposed to mean? Well, an affair. It sounds so romantic. I mean... Uh, How about you're nailing a co-ed? With mom and dad and dad's lover. (laughs) Oh, boy, what a lover. You'd like to join me? In there? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with mom, dad, dad's lover, and mom's lover. You can't make love to me. Well, your husband's downstairs with another woman. Uh, with mom, dad, dad's lover, mom's lover, and their daughter. How could you do this to me? Hey, what's going to do with you, huh? You and Miss Honeydew? Mom and the Sundance kid? How can I possibly talk about my personal problems when you two are more screwed up than I've ever been? Join us for a romp in the country with mom, dad, dad's lover, mom's lover, their daughter, and the daughter's lover. I'm never going to be able to explain that to my parents. I mean, your parents are separated, sure. That they're separated and living together, okay. That your mother's lover is practically my age, maybe. But that your father's girlfriend lets her father watch the show? Oh, my, I can't believe it's a weekend with mom, dad, dad's lover, mom's lover, their daughter, the daughter's lover, and dad's lover's dad. It seems to me that you're cheating openly on your wife and that she's doing the housekeeping for you and my daughter and your daughter and your daughter's lover. Sounds confusing. No. Sure. No, no. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, yes. Yeah. What did you say? Hold it. No. Oh, no? Well, all right. You gotta be kidding. Certainly not. It's as natural as a change of seasons. Shirley MacLaine, Anthony Hopkins, Bo Derrick. A change of seasons. A change of seasons. Naturally, for Christmas. <laughs>